here we are at the end of the year and we're finishing 2019 strong. Um, you know, sometimes you reach the end of something. I've never run the marathon. I have no desire to run a marathon. I don't know what it feels like to run a marathon. I've run for a train. <laughs> I've run for a bus. I've run with the kids. I've run around this place after Ezra. He's <laughs> like a... Have you ever seen The Incredibles, Mr. Incredible, Elastigirl and all that? It, well, there's Dash. Dash. Mine's more like limp. But, <laughs> um, you know, to finish something strong is really important. To finish something still with more to give. Still with more to believe God for. We've always got to look forwards, and I know we're going into another year, so we're only finishing a year, but it's important, and I, you know, it's great to say that we've had an amazing year this year. In some ways, probably some of the greatest um, challenges we've ever had. I know that in the lives of a lot of people, and yet it's also the greatest year of victory, and, you know, the greatest time of, of just seeing, seeing people come to Christ and experiencing his goodness and his greatness. So we're finishing 2019 strong, alive, alert, in faith, rejoicing and on fire. That's how we're finishing. As we think ahead to 2020, I, I absolutely believe, and I know, I know I'm Mr. Positive, I get that, but this is more than positive. This is, I really believe I've got something very you know, strong from God that it has the potential of being our greatest year yet. Um, however you want to qualify that, I'm not going to go into that now, but because some things that you know, we think are great are not that great in God, and other things that are great in God, uh, perhaps other people don't really see as a victory. You know, how many of you know God's priorities are sometimes different from ours? But I do believe that we're going into 2020 with, with great expectation. I can't wait to see our dream wall back up and to see people dream again for next year. And perhaps you haven't seen your dream fulfilled this year, or perhaps you have. Well, the dream doesn't die on the 31st of December. It keeps going. It keeps going. But the good news is we've seen so many of those dreams coming to pass, which is just fantastic. Earlier in the year, we had our day on the, on the dreams of the church, the vision of the church back in June and July. And, um, and we thank God for his faithfulness over the years. And we look forwards for a stronger city gate. We look forwards for a, a church on a whole, a whole new level. And I'm excited about that. And I'm also very, very aware that the higher we go, or, or whatever analogy you want to use, the higher we fly or the faster we run or the stronger we are, however you want to say that, the more we need to ensure that Jesus is central in every way, in every way. Um, it's always been our heart in Citygate for Jesus to be first, whether that's in praise and worship, whether it's in prayer, always in the preaching, in our conversation, that Jesus Christ would be first. But how we start 2020 is absolutely vital, and I'm going to speak today on something I speak every December on. And for some of you, you've heard this 21 times. I've heard it more than that. And I still say, God, what do you want to say to me? 
What do you want to say to me at this time? See, how you start something, you start with faith. You start with an expectation. You start with, God, give me a vision. Give me a dream. Give me some, give me a hope to lay hold of. Give me something to advance towards. I want to hear your voice in my heart. I want a greater level of grace in my life to empower me to be everything you've called me to be. I want a stronger anointing. I want stronger faith, greater faith. I want more compassion to be you know, flowing through my life. And as we put Jesus Christ first, we start the year by going into a time of prayer and fasting. And I really want to encourage everybody to do exactly that, pray and fast. Pray and fast. Don't reach you know, the 31st of December and think, now what am I going to do next year? No, come on, start to make some quality decisions right now. Start to think about it. I know all the food's coming. I know the turkey's coming. I know the Christmas pud's getting done and et cetera, et cetera. But, but come on, let's think past that in some ways in the next year and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I've never done before. I'm going to the next level. I'm going, I'm going to step up. If you've never fasted for a week, I'm going to encourage you to fast for a week. In the old days, you know, to be on leadership in Citygate Church, you had to, you know, be able to fast at least two weeks. Full fast. Because we're here for God. And okay, we, you know, we've taken some of those expectations out for all sorts of reasons. But the heart is still the same. The heart is still the same. Come on, we want to push into God. We're not going to be the one on the, on the sidelines. We're going to be the one kicking the goals, center field. So I want to encourage us to be praying and to be fasting. Every Monday evening through January, 7.30 to 9.30, we'll have our, our time of prayer. Uh, I'll speak a bit on prayer and then we'll pray. And I've said this over, over so many years, but it's, it does good to remind us again. When God is in his rightful place, everything else falls into place. When God's in his rightful place, when he's really center of attention, when he's high and lifted up. Clothed with Christ. When he's in his rightful place in our lives, in our church, everything else will fall into place. For we know all things will work together for good. Why? When we're praying, when we're standing, when we're believing God, not just casually as some kesara, sarah, my, my life's in God's hands. No, it actually comes down to our partnership with him. On Feb the 2nd, as we do every year, depending on the date, we will again be celebrating a day when we give God our first fruit offering. And that first fruit offering is not just a day of giving money. It's a culmination of a month of praying and fasting. It's, it's a heart for God that says, God, I want you to be first place this year. I want you to be my first thought. I want you to be my first love. I want you to be my first reference point. First is a very powerful word. We're going to be receiving our first fruits offering as we start the year, but it's more than a first fruit. It's something we've been doing over 20 years. Absolutely, integrally linked with who we are as a church. I wouldn't dream of having church services without praise and worship. They can be different, but I wouldn't dream of not coming into his presence with thanksgiving and praise. Yeah, but it's just, it's just not there. 
I wouldn't dream of not praying. I wouldn't dream of not speaking the word of God. Well, I wouldn't dream of having a year without a first fruits offering. Just wouldn't, wouldn't cross my mind. I don't know if anybody will ever suggest. So you know what? It takes all day. It's too long. Can we not just do it all online? Uh, 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 I'm sorry. There will be a day when we agree together that we will honor God with our first fruits. There will be a day when we say, God, you are first this year. That expression to be first is a very, very powerful thing. God has already blessed us, Ephesians 1.3. A great verse, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So we're already blessed. We're not a church that, that goes around playing, praying, Oh, God bless us and bless today and bless this and bless that. No, I found out that in God, everything is already blessed. We just got to get with the program because the program's already blessed. Don't come up with your own program and say, God bless it. Go to God and get his program and you know it's already blessed. Get his words, they're already blessed. Get his decisions, they're already blessed. They're already successful. No wonder he says, keep my word in your heart and in your mouth because then you'll make your way prosperous and have good success. Why? Because his word is already a word of success. The word to bless means to empower to prosper. It means to say something good about, depending on if you're talking Hebrew or Greek there, but, but it means to empower to prosper. It means to excel. It means to succeed. But you have to put that with our partnership with God. You can't just say, well, I'm already blessed. I'm already blessed. We need to live a life that's, that's in the blessing. It's under God's presence. There's a first principle in the Bible which really... You find it all the way through the Bible so many times. The first time something happens, the first occurrence of something. These things are very powerful in God's Word, how you interpret God's Word. It's always good to go back and find the first time that happened because that sets the precedent of what God was doing and why He was doing it. That's why Genesis is such an important book in the Bible because it's a book of firsts. It's all about first. But that word first in the Bible is not just a word, it's a principle. It's a principle, it's sort of how God works, how God operates. And it's, it's a very powerful thing because the word first means first in time and first in priority. Sometimes we use the word first because we do something first. The first thing I do every day is I wake up. Actually, no, that's not true. Sometimes I get up before I wake up. <laughs> but it's first is a... A word of time. But other times, it's not in order of a time. It's first as far as priority or value. What's the most important thing in your life? Well, that's first. It may not be the first thing you do, but it's the most important thing you do. Time management has to do with trying to you know, juggle things that are urgent and things that are important. And if I want to use that analogy, how many of you know Jesus is both urgent and important? He's first in time and he's first in priority. Always, always, always. It's the first thing you do, the most important thing you do. And it displays evidence of a wholeheartedness for God and a desire for God. If God is always the last thing you think about or the last thing you do, then I would actually say that Jesus is not first place in your life. Is that fair enough? 
If he's like the third thing we think about, I love what Pastor Jason said last week. He was really talking about prayer being the first place, the first thing. When something goes wrong, pray. When something happens, pray. The amount of phone calls, you know, a phone call will come in and I'm having a chat with somebody and they'll say, and I say, come on, let's pray now. I say, oh, I'll pray for you. Why not first? Why not first on the phone? Phone prayer is powerful. Let prayer be the first thing we do. Let praise and worship be the first thing we do. The first response, thank you, Jesus. In all things, when all hell breaks loose, thank you, Jesus. Not for all hell breaking loose, but just in all things, give thanks. These things are really important, amen. You're getting the, the heart of this. And, and, you know, to put together with this understanding of first time and priority is one of my favourite words in the Bible, and it's the word honour. Honour is something that I did a whole series on it some years ago, and it really is one of the most powerful things to get a hold of. Honour has to do with importance, has to do with value, has to do with respect, has to do with revering something. It's, it, it, it's honouring. Honour, everything's better with honour. Everything in life is better with honour. If you dishonour or undermine in some ways, you're never on a good foundation. Something's going to go wrong somewhere. But you bring honour into it. Husbands, honour your wives. Wives, honour your husbands. Kids, honour your parents. Parents, honour your kids. If parents are always, you've got to honour me to, to your children, but there's no honour back. Come on, what you sow, you reap. You worthless nothing. How dare you? You useless whatever. No, come on, let's, let's honour. There's a place for discipline, but always in honour. Always in honour, never in anger. Easier to say than do, but come on, let's set the bar. Let's have honour in our families, honour in the church, honour in society. I'm part of a number of forums, which are obviously, this is election time. Next week, hope we're all voting prayerfully. Really, really important. Democracy is so valuable. And um, it's, it's really unbelievable the amount of dishonorable things that are being said. That we don't have to go dirty. Let's talk policy, not dirt. Hello? Just saying. Honour is something really important. The Bible has this word first and we have first love. Return to your first love. People say, oh, I've lost my first love. You can't lose it. You leave it. You stop it being first priority. So let's return. It says return and have Jesus as your first love. The Bible talks about doing the first works. Things that were really important to us. When we first gave our life to Christ, man, the stuff we'd do, the words, the conversations we'd have. And then as we go on a bit, it all dies down a little bit. Now, okay, some of it needs to die down because some of it was just irrational, crazy stuff. When I first got saved, I used to go into the pub down at Green Street Green, stand on the table and preach the gospel to the pub. I'm glad that's calmed down a little bit. I'm glad. I'd planned with my brother that we were going to get rollers of white paint. And if you know Glebe Way from Coney Hall to West Wickham, there's a wall that's about half a mile long, a quarter of a mile long. And we were going to paint one night in the middle of the night. We were going to paint up and down that wall in like 
10 foot high letters, Jesus is Lord. Go, there you go, that'll bring the world to Jesus, won't it? Uh, no, that'll get you arrested. I'm glad we didn't do it. So I'm glad some things have calmed down. I used to wear a jacket, a leather jacket. I used to wear my punk gear and my hair and chains and my bondage stuff and all the rest of it. And on the back, instead of the sex pistols and all the rest of it I had all over me and the, and the, and the eye, eye makeup, I, I, I'm a Jesus agent on the back of my walk up and down Bromley High Street slapping stickers on people that said, smile, Jesus loves you, or you're better anyway. You will come to Christ. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> come on. Those are not the first works I'm saying we need to return to, okay? Please don't. I'll disown you as a pastor, okay? Go somewhere else. <laughs> The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. The Bible says, whenever you have a, a problem in your house, first bind the strong man. See these firsts all over the place? It says, when you want to help somebody remove a speck in their eye. That's a good thing to do. Help somebody remove the speck, but make sure you first get the log out your own. First. We've all got opinions whether it's about our, our you know, family members, husbands and wives and kids. We've got opinions. And really our opinions are full of specks. Hello? But we make the specks out to be a logger, you know. You always put the toilet roll the wrong way round. Dear God, it's a speck. Since when is that a log? Hello? So let's get the log out of our own eye instead of trying to get the speck out of somebody else. But it says when you got the log out, you'll be able to see clearly. Yes. I can see clearly now the log has gone. Thank you. Bible says if you're going to clean the outside of someone's life, yeah, we want to clean you up. We want to, you know, clean you up. Sometimes that's physically. Sometimes that's emotionally. Sometimes that's dress code. Yeah, we want to clean the place up. The, our society is so incredibly sexualized, it's unbelievable. But hey, we're not a church that goes around cleaning the outside. We're a church that wants to see the inside cleaned up. And you know it says, first clean the inside, and the outside won't be a problem. So glad my pastor at that time didn't say, get your earrings out, your ears, get the eye makeup off. You know, take off those trousers, sort your hair out. Our pastor didn't do any of that. He just said, love Jesus. And the more I love Jesus, the earring came out. Amen? And the rest of it. I used to have this big feather. You would have loved it. <laughs> just saying. First, clean the inside. The Bible says, Matthew 5, 24, when you come to God to give an offering... Before you give her offering, there's something you need to do before you offer. Uh, now, you know, just to say a whole load of us, 90% of us pretty much, give online now, which is great. But let's not lose some of these scriptures. It says, when you bring an offering to God, first be reconciled to your brother. Don't hit the transfer button if you know you've got a relational issue. Sorry, trustees, I'm not trying to destroy the offerings of the church here, I'm just saying. But no, this is really important, actually. The church will receive anything, but Jesus only receives that which is given in love. 
The bucket will take anything you put in it. But come on, before we give, let's make sure we haven't got any relational issues with people. First, be reconciled to your brother. This is not talking about you've got to have it right with everybody that you know. But it's certainly saying you've got to have it right with everybody in the house of God. Amen? Is this all right? Are we getting anything out of this today? Okay, I'm, I'm enjoying myself. The Bible says, on the first day of the week, bring your offering to God. First day of the week. I know we had a whole series on this earlier in the year about, you know, let your tithe be the first thing you do. The first thing you do, not the last thing you do, or the, the you know, after a couple of weeks. Let it be the first thing you do before you buy your next Costa or before you buy your weekly shopping. Come on, let's, let's put, this is what honour is all about. And in the Old Testament, there was a, a harvest called the first fruit harvest, first fruit offering, rather, first fruit festival, celebration. And it was a time that said, okay, I'm going to give God a first fruit and it's as if I'm giving him everything. And in my heart, I'm giving him everything. But it's the first fruit that honors the whole, the whole thing of God being first in my life. And to get the hand of God on everything that's going on this year. That all the harvest will be blessed. Because the first thing that grows, I'm going to grab it and give it to God. Which means everything else that grows is going to be great. Or the first lamb that's born, quickly. Grab the lamb, give it to God. First one. Because then all the other lambs will be great. Because it's getting God's hand in on, on everything that we're doing. Romans eleven sixteen says this, For if the first fruit is holy, the whole lump will be holy. Saying so if the first thing is given to God, then everything else is given to God. Very, very powerful. God loves offerings. He really, he really loves offerings. That's also offering of praise, offer, you know, offerings. But he especially loves first fruit offerings because there's a principle in the word of God that where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. And if your treasure goes to God first, then your heart will go to God first. This is something we've always done as, as a church, but also just in anything. First time we, you know, we do something, then it's like, wow, this is a first. Let's make sure God gets in on this. Amen? So, as I've said, God loves offerings, especially first fruit offerings. Three ways that we normally give and again I speak on this once a year so the first way we give is our tithe and actually it's not really a giving it's a returning of course we're still giving and let's not take away from that I'm not saying it's not generous of course it is but but it's it's okay I'm just returning this to God this tithe this this 10% and I would always say 10% of our gross uh, obviously different if you're self-employed and income and expenditures against things. But, you know, for the vast majority of us are employed. So I would normally say that 10% of our gross is just given to God because taxes go out after. I know they're taken, but they're really a second. Otherwise, taxes are first. I don't know. You, you decide yourself. But um, the tithe is really our covenant connector. It really displays a lifestyle. It displays consistency. It displays wholeheartedness, it puts our financial priorities in place. As we go into 2020, it's not just about, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to renew my gym membership. It's, I'm going to put God first place, amen? So tithing is really, really important. What does it do? It puts ourselves in a place of connection. It sort of positions us for connection with God in a very, very powerful way. I don't have time to really speak on it you know, today, but it did not start with the law. Some people say, you know, tithing was under the law. Yes, yeah, so was do not commit adultery. 
But you don't try and take that out of the law and say that's irrelevant today or anything. Just because something was under the law doesn't mean to say that it's not relevant today. And it, actually tithing began in the Garden of Eden. Oh, that's a whole preach in this. Began in the Garden of Eden with the tree that they had to tend but not touch. That was the tithe. And the word kerem was used there, which, is, which means cursed to man but holy to God. And that's the word that they use of the tithe. So lots of things. Abram tithe, that was before the law. Jacob tithe, that was before the law. Um, Isaac tithe, that was before the law. It was a principle of our connection with God. The second thing which is important in this whole area of giving is our, is our just our general offerings, whether that's we, you know, we're giving to a work or we're, or we're giving to something. Um, our offerings, they're faith seed and it's, and it's our partnership with the dreams, the visions, the goals of the church or whatever it is that we're offering into. And that really positions us for harvest. The tithe really positions us with a connection with God. But our offerings position us for a, a, a harvest. Good seed sown into good ground. You will never hear an offering here where we say, come on, give sacrificially. You won't hear that expression because... Our lives are a sacrifice, but we sow seed. That's another whole message. That might have upset some people. I don't know. Doesn't mean to say that we don't give something that doesn't cost us something. But the word sacrifice means to burn up and destroy. But to sow seed means we're believing God for a harvest, which is what we do. Is that okay? Wonderful. And the third way is our first fruit offering. And that, that really has to do with honoring God, thanking Him for His goodness, His faithfulness and for a release of faith that determines God's blessing over the whole harvest. What does it do? It positions us for breakthrough. I'm just doing a step-by-step here today. We've got so many new people in the church that perhaps you've never heard anybody talk about first fruits before. It really positions us for breakthrough. God is really focused on this idea of God and his kingdom being first. Really focused on it. Abel is a great example. Abel the Bible says, was a first thought. The Bible says, he gave of the firstborn of the flocks. Right back there in the early days of mankind on earth. It was just how people related with God. Abel, first thing he did, I'm going to give to God. First thing. Cain was different. Cain had a problem. Cain had a priority problem and a timing problem. So Cain also gave to God, but it says it was the end of the harvest, scraped together, that which was left over, gave that to God, and the Bible says God didn't receive it. Oh, that's a bit unfair, and he still gave to God. Yeah, but it was so low down on his priority, he wasn't given to God, he was given out of duty. It wasn't a love thing. Have you ever been given a present, and you know they didn't really want to give it? I don't think I have, actually, but I just would be horrible. You just don't, give it back. Don't bother. <laughs> There are so many examples of first in the Bible. Solomon, when he was put in as, as king, on the day he was put in as king, he prayed, God, give me a hearing heart. And he gave a thousand burnt offerings. He himself didn't get all the team to do it. He stood there and did a thousand burnt offerings. That's, um, that's, that's just, how long would that take? A thousand burnt offerings he gave. Luke 16 says, if you, if you give first, then you will be trusted with the glory of God. I want next year to be filled with glory. Filled, I want my family to be filled with glory. I want, 
I want my health to be filled with glory. I want, I want my mind to, to be filled with glory, enlightenment, the, the Holy Spirit being led by God. Well, according to the New Testament, I've got a part to play in that, and that is to put God first and to honor God first. And financially, that means when you give finances, you'll be trusted with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's what Luke 16 is all about. Acts chapter 10. There was a man, he prayed, he fasted, he gave, and it opened the doors to the Gentiles. God responds to offerings. There was a time when somebody came and said, oh, I need healing. And, you know, it wasn't going to happen. Now, that may upset some people, but it wasn't going to happen. And the disciples got hold of Jesus and said, Jesus, hang on a minute. He He built the synagogue. This guy put the kingdom of God above all his own needs and his own family life and his own business. He, he, he was instrumental of building the synagogue. And Jesus said, oh yeah, great. And he went back and healed him. Amazing. Why? Because there's a partnership there. You can't buy something from God. That's not what we're doing. But where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Wow. Proverbs 3.9. Honour the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled. Anybody want filled barns next year? Dear God, fill them up. And your vats will overflow with new wine. That can speak of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the power of God. Honour wants to give for no other reason than to lord and exalt the one being honoured. No other reason. We, it's not just I'm giving just to get. No, we're honouring God. That's why first fruit offering is not about how much we're giving. It's about what attitude we give with. Some people, you know, and I say this because a lot of people haven't been here. Some people give a whole month's salary in their first fruits offering. Other people give what, you know, just what they can afford. And well, everybody gives what they can afford. But, but you know, some people, it's, it's a large amount with a number of zeros on it. For other people, it's, it's exactly the same amount to them but it doesn't have all the zeros on it. It's not about how much. In fact, there's a parable in the Bible that really says about this. There was somebody going, look how much I'm giving, slapping it in the bucket. Jesus is there by the bucket. That would really upset church in 2020, wouldn't it? If, you know, if I walk around with the bucket seeing how people gave, not what they gave, how they gave. That's what he says, seeing how people gave. Because how is at the very centre. I've heard people receive offerings say, don't put any change, it's dishonouring God. And I go, how dare you? You don't know what that's meant to that person to put that in. You don't know what they're facing, what they're struggling. And the Bible's really clear. Jesus went round seeing how people gave and there was a lady who gave two copper coins and he went, wow. Hold everything. This woman has given more than everybody else. So don't ever judge anybody about what they give, but, but we do have to judge ourselves how we give. Yeah. Everybody say how. 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 So it's, it's this attitude thing. It's this putting God first thing. Yet at the same time, there is a promise that as we do honour, barns will be filled and vats will overflow. If I can have just the keyboard player up, that'll be absolutely fantastic. Thank you, Joyce. The key is honour, 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 honour. First fruits is a 
powerful link to the abundance and the supernatural power of God. Powerful link. First fruits is an offering that brings breakthrough in every area. I trust you get the sense of weight of this, that as we honour God, God moves in. As we honour God with the first fruits, barns filled. That's overflowing. The devil has to back off. First fruits is about giving a high level of honour to God. So many things God says about honour. Those who honour me, I will honour them. Let's have a year of 2020 of a year of honouring God. As we come to our first fruits offering, as you, if you've never been a part of it, it's now we split it in obviously two services. We have about nine or ten people up here. And everybody brings their offering and everybody, family by family, whether that's one person or ten of you. You know, family by family, everybody comes up time. It's, a, it's basically an hour of praise and worship. Everybody comes up on the platform. Family, you know, the line comes down here. It's a big celebration, big explosion. Day of faith, day of excitement. Probably for me, my, my favorite day of the year. And we get to lay hands. We anoint everybody with oil. We lay hands on everybody and we believe God for stuff, which is just crazy. Far abundantly above. Come on, we're going to see a breakthrough. You need healing, we're going to see healing. You need finance, we're going to see a financial breakthrough. You need that whole thing of your business to break through. Come on, we're going to see this thing break through. Devil, back off. Holy Spirit, flood. We're going to see something happen so powerful. Uh, honestly, all through the year, we are constantly hearing people saying, first fruits, we prayed that, and I've just got my victory. Somebody just last week said, first fruits, we prayed that, just happened this week. And it's like, come on. In Jesus' name, we are going to build our faith to move some mountains and to see some Goliath's heads taken off and to see some power of God come into a situation. Perhaps you, you say, oh, I can never buy a house. I'm hearing so many young people, oh, no, just can never buy a house. I don't believe it. Don't believe it. Don't bring the Word of God down to your experience or other people's experience. God can break through into your situation and come in and blast through that thing. There needs to be a people on earth who are not living like everybody else, but are living on a whole nother level in Jesus' Name. We're going to believe God for people to buy their own houses. We're going to believe God for people to get out of the, of the faith car that didn't stop and didn't start. Hello. We're going to believe God for people to have kids that the doctor said you'll never have children. We're going to believe God for that disaster of a marriage that's just been an absolute mess for years and you're hanging in there believing God. We're going to believe God to see that thing turn around and your spouse come to God and see God glorified in that relationship. We're going to believe God for children that have been away from God for so long and their lives are so screwed up. We're going to believe God that next year God's going to turn that around, get His fishing rod out, and reel them back in, in Jesus' Name, into the house of God. How do we do it? By honouring God first. What can we expect? Barns filled. What's that? People coming to Christ. Our financial storehouses filled. We're going to believe God for business coming in. Jobs to prosper. We're going to believe God for doors of favour to open everywhere we go. Right place, right time in Jesus' Name. 
What else can we believe for? That's overflowing. God's glory flooding through the church. I've been in some outpourings of the Holy Spirit. I've been in some over the last 30 years. There was one in, in November 1998. I was in a, a service where God absolutely unloaded on me. Not just me, I'm sure the whole thing, but it was just, I was just alone with God. And for two weeks, I couldn't even hold a conversation. I'd start to talk and my, I'd just start to cry. And, and just uh, as God did the most amazing, amazing thing in my life. I can remember I went and told Pastor Ashley we were at a conference just after that. And, it, and I was still in that time. And, and I, I was up in his um, hotel room and I just said, I just got to talk to you. And, and, um, and I said, this has absolutely transformed my life. Never forget that time. I can remember the time in 1995 when I went to Pensacola. A lot of you will know what happened in Pensacola, the revival there for a few years, and I went there. and Just the most amazing, amazing thing God doing. And we are not the sort of church that just believes God for pie in the sky. Oh, one day God will do something. You know, until then we just struggle on. No, we do everything we can. Absolutely. We live in the victory. We, we get hold of God. We pray. We fast. And we live in the most amazing presence of God. But I also know that God's going to do, pour out His Spirit. And wants us to be hungry for that. Amen. That's overflowing. God's glory in the church. God's glory through the believer. A fresh release of God's Spirit. Anybody hungry for a fresh release of God's Spirit? Amen. Fresh oil, the Bible talks about. Something special from God. That brings power, that brings ability. I believe for a fresh calling for people in the ministry. You say, you know what, I could be successful in life or whatever. Perhaps, you know, it's not just about being successful, but I could. But you know what, I feel the pulling of the Holy Spirit to give my life for a call. To give my life for the calling of God. Now that doesn't mean you give up your job and start preaching on the streets, please. That's not what that means. But it means I'm going to sow my life into building the kingdom of God. That may mean a change of job. May mean planting a church, a campus of Citygate or whatever. But come on, I, I'm just believing for the hand of God to be on our lives in a fresh way. I, I believe it means fresh praise and worship. I believe it means fresh freedom, joy, all the fruit of the Spirit, the manifestations of the Spirit. Through all of us, not just through the prophet. I don't know if we got one, but the prophet. Let's all prophesy. I prophesy. Well, I never have. Well, start. <laughs> Lay hands on the sick and they recover. Come on, as we honor God with the first fruits offering, we can believe God for all of this. Influence in our community and the Zoe life of God in all its fullness. Life as God has it. Let's all stand to our feet, shall we, today? I've, I've preached that sermon, actually, very different things over the last 22 years. Some of you have heard it, as I say, 21 times, very differently. I'd normally go into Elijah and other things. But what I want to say today is this. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will follow. Let's start to prepare our hearts as we come out of 2019. Next week... We're going to receive bread and wine and we're going to absolutely 
just again thank God for the year and believe God for great things. Then we're going into Christmas service on the 15th, single service on the 22nd, carol services in the evening. Then we've got Christmas Day service. Then we're going to celebrate on the whatever date it is. Come, What is it? The 29th of, of December. We're going to say thank you, Jesus, for last year. Celebrate our way out the year. We'll start to talk about the word I believe God's put on my heart for next year, which I'm so excited about. There's probably three times in the life of the church when I've, I feel so strongly about something. One was pursue, overtake, and recover all. Then there was one a long way back, but there was this one that I've got for next year. And um, let's get our hearts straight, amen? Let's lift our hands to Jesus, shall we? Lord Jesus, we just want to say first, 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 first. First love, first works. First take the log out. First give. First forgive. Lord, all of these things. But Father, as we enter into 2020, Lord, with praying and fasting. And Lord, we're so excited. Amazing things are going to happen. We just, we know you are faithful. We know you will show yourself strong. We know you'll send your word and your word will prosper. We know these things. Father, we right now just want to align ourselves with you. For where our treasure is, that's where our heart will be. Lord, speak to us all. If you don't speak, we'll be generous. But speak to us, Father, about the direction for our giving for February the 2nd. Lord, let it be from faith, not from fear. Let it be from, from, from um, hope and vision, not from regret and inability. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are going to fill every barn, overflow every vat. Right now, Lord, I know we're going to do it on that day, but we put you first. Again, we declare Jesus Christ, Lord of our lives, in Jesus' name. And everybody said...